0: Welcome back to the Conclusion of the Matter podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Ryan Weaver and Wren Ferguson. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, "...let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all." For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Uh, obviously, we are called the conclusion of the matter based on this verse here. And if you have any questions that you would like to know the conclusion of the matter about, then you can submit those to the conclusion of the matter at yahoo.com, or you can ask us, or text us, or message us in person, or uh, in in any way possible. So. Uh, Today we're going to continue a topic from last week, but I'll kick it over to Ryan and he'll introduce it for us. Yeah, thanks Robbie. Um, We are doing part two of our book report on
1: 1 Peter. Um, Last week we got through chapter two, where at the end of that we talked about subjection to authority, uh, master and servant relationship, and then talked about suffering and how Christ suffered for us. and basically what he did for us. Um, one key verse that um, <clears throat> we didn't I call out specifically, but I really love is, By his wounds you have been healed. I, I like that. Um, by mm-hmm. his stripes in some versions, but um, which tells us it's not just the crucifixion, but it was all of it, everything together. Um, but anyway, I digress. So we're going to start with chapter 3, and um, chapter 3 covers um, what I would call... Um, how how we should treat others, how we should live amongst others, whether it's, and you're going to see here a couple of examples. First, first six verses we see he calls, he, I don't want to use the term calls out, but he says, likewise, wives, and likewise just means, okay, it's your turn for me to tell you what you need to do, right? And he's just um, calling them and saying, okay, wives, and here he's saying very similar to what we see in other passages in the New Testament where Paul wrote, being in subjection. Um, And he, his point there was, even if they don't obey, and, and the key there is by their behavior, they may be able to convert someone. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that can go broader than just that husband-wife relationship and the fact that mm-hmm. um, by the way we act among people and the way we react, we can possibly be the only
0: version of the Bible they see is how we live. Yeah, I think that's kind of... An important point, because right after chapter two, which, of course, you know, at the time that these were written, they didn't have chapter headings. Mm -hmm. You know, he's talking about relationships and submission to different, you know, entities, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then he continues that thought of husbands and wives uh, in chapter three here as well. Uh, And so it's, uh, you know, any... Any situation you're in, it's a good biblical principle to be humble and be of the right frame of mind in our interactions with anybody, whether that be our spouse, friends, government, etc. cetera. Yeah, right. I right. Um, did you have
1: something on that particularly? Uh,
2: well, I was just going to make a point uh, with this about these women who did not have believing husbands. This also, just to make, I guess, if you want to put a little footnote in your Bible, whatever, uh, this in is my it, mind, kind of is con- it okay to write in my Bible? Rick? Yeah, it is. Okay. I, I hope it is. It I is. Got a bunch yes, of stuff I, some Bible. people, you know.
1: But I, I, that was a joke, guys. Yeah, for listening, yeah. but uh,
2: but this kind of harkens back uh, to First uh, Corinthians chapter seven because there's a more in-depth study, I guess you could say, of this idea of Christians being married to non-Christians, because a passage that I think we often hear and has often been used to say that Christians, and some people have used it to say that it would be sinful for a Mm -hmm. Christian to marry a non-Christian, where it states, do not be unequally yoked. yoked. Mm -hmm. I think when you look at that, first of all, I don't think he's talking about marriage at all in that context. It's talking about our fellowship with things that are sinful. But also, this passage and 1 Corinthians chapter 7 deal with that and show that it's not sinful, uh, so long as, of course, we're not influenced by them to abandon our faith and our, our obedience to God. But as you've already pointed out, using that influence that we have with them to convert them and to show them by how we live. Now, as you mentioned, yeah, he's talking specifically to wives, but that principle uh, certainly would apply to anyone whether it be a marriage relationship or whether it be, in general, our example, which we see that yeah. in a number of other places yeah.
1: too. I think the other thing he calls out there, he talks about let your beauty be the inner beauty versus yeah. the external beauty, and I immediately thought of when um, <clears throat> Samuel went to go pick the, pick the king from Jesse's sons, yeah. and he thought mm-hmm. it was, um, I forget the first son's name, the the... The one that oh, was yeah. big and big and bad Strong. you know yeah. and he assumed it was him and god said that's not him because god was looking at the what at the, the heart right man, yeah. yeah he wasn't looking at the external and i think the point here is that i uh, i see modesty here is mm-hmm. being called out you know don't draw attention to yourself with all this stuff but let your again let your attitude be what people notice
0: yeah and that's important just in the world that we live in today is so focused on physical things, whether that be like our possessions or mm-hmm. in the things that we own. Um, but in a general sense, well, Alice and I have been talking a little bit uh, about me getting a flip phone, um, and I've been talking about it for the last several months, and and she swears up and down that I'm going to hate it, and she could be right, but also... Uh, anyone that knows me knows that I like simplicity. So, you know, I like going out on the porch every morning and listening to the birds in the morning and when it rains and everything. Uh, You know, I just like a slow pace of life. And, you know, to me, smartphones and everything are great. And, you know, we have iPads and computers and things. Um, But also sometimes those things can be distractions and complicate Mm -hmm. life and take you away from what's really important, you know, family and and friends and relationships and, of course, our uh, commitment to God. So, and I think, you know, not directly, but that's kind of a point that Peter's making here is, you know, don't get distracted by all of these physical things that are temporary. You yeah. know, they're, they're not going to satisfy us yeah. and fulfill us. Um, and in a broad sense, of course— Don't let those become distracting to someone else or don't um, lose sight of what's important.
2: Well, and also I think that word adorning, I don't know the textbook definition off the top of my head, but what I think when I read that word is something that's going to bring glory or honor to whatever it's being bestowed upon. And he makes that contrast, don't let your adorning be external, don't be flashy. Don't bring glory to yourself. Don't bring attention to yourself with just, as you pointed out, those physical external, outward yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But let your attitude, let your actions, your heart, your inner person be the one that is that true adorning.
1: Yeah, I, I think there he, the English Standard Version says imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit so it is all about that and then he says that which in god's sight is very precious so we see there what god views as mm-hmm. precious right there and mm-hmm. he gives an example of this is how the your your um I, I think he called her um yeah he said if you're sarah's children so their their mother i'm putting in air quotes um here's the example you know sarah followed abraham or abram well, I guess it would have been Abraham if she was called Sarah because she was Sarah when he was Abram. But anyway, we don't see her saying "There's no way I'm moving." You know, yeah. we see we see her her basically being in in that subjection. I'm sure they
0: discuss things, but um, anything else on the on on the first six? I just think it's important. And you know, this is tied within those first several verses is that you want to. You want your role models. You want to be the right kind of people and the right kind of character. It's not about like what they have or uh, or their possessions or how wealthy they are that we should look up to. It should be people that have, you know, character, humility, uh, compassion. You know, characteristics that we want to strive after. Those are the people that we uh, should have as role models, and that's what you see throughout the Bible. You know, the people that are commended. It's always for their character. It's not for anything other than that it's not for physical worldly things yeah so let's go okay. on
1: yeah. um, verse seven really kind of um stands alone there because he's he's now calling attention to the husband side of things and <clears throat> i think what he draws attention there it, it, it says there live live with your wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel so i think number one it's not necessarily that they're not capable of doing things but it's more of the the precious, um, you need mm-hmm. to take care of them. You need to yeah. um, protect them like you would a precious heirloom or whatever. Not that they're a material possession per se, but that's right. that's what he's trying yeah. to get at yeah. there is is take care of them. I live in an understanding manner. I mean, and I, I kind of liken that to really, go, again, we can apply that to, to anyone, you yeah. know. I think Paul says live in a reasonable manner. Be reasonable to all people. It's like we need to be reasonable and and give sometimes the benefit of the doubt to people when things aren't done the way we would expect or necessarily things aren't said the way we would expect we're human right and we're all going to do things that may not be the wisest at times Mm -hmm. and just just be understanding of the situation and what could be an external influence on on what's happening yeah yeah Mm
2: -hmm. and to me because a lot of people will lay the accusation against the scriptures that they are misogynistic And especially when reading Paul's writings, people will accuse him of that. Uh, I think that that's obviously not true, for one. Mm -hmm. And especially looking at the totality of scriptures, I really think that we see the opposite of that in uh, the scriptures. Because the reason he gives for husbands living with understanding and showing honor to their wives is because, there in verse 7, they are heirs with you of the grace of life. When you look at the New Testament Scripture and how the relationship between men and women, and especially like we're dealing with here, how women are to be treated, it's never like they're second-class citizens, ever. Not a single time. But when you think about the historical culture in which the New Testament was written, that was often very much so how women were treated. And so... Really, if you think about this in the first century, this would have been a very, I guess, revolutionary, if you want to put it that way, kind of way Mm -hmm. of thinking of treating particularly women. But as we talked about, these things apply to everybody. And so I always think that's a really interesting point and something that does need to be highlighted there because it shows men and women, they are equals. Equal.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, Paul said there is no... Uh, male, female yeah. in Christianity, yeah. yeah, and um, I think that's a good point because we're we're equals in God, God's. Right. Sight. I mean, there He does have certain roles, right? Not right. saying that, but right. from a from a air standpoint, we're going to get right. the same from share. a
2: value yeah. and like a salvation standpoint, yes. the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: our you know social culture in our country, at least if not the whole world, has such a problem with there being differences between men and women, and you know. It's not that either one's any more or less valuable to anyone, but especially more or less valuable to God in any sense. Um, but, I mean, there's they're complementary to one another. And, I mean, you see that yeah. here and in Ephesians and other parts of the New Testament that God designed them to be complementary. And, you know, there's things that women are better at than men, and there's better— there's things that men are better at than women, and that's why they complement one another, and that's the you know purpose of marriage and that relationship, and and that's the yeah. conclusion of the matter on that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you guys didn't have anything else, I guess we'll yeah. Yeah. keep trucking yeah. along. here. Uh, so
1: yeah. I, I, I'm going to take verses basically eight eight through seventeen real quick, and and I see this as holistically a couple things um, how we should behave when when you know when we are. He calls out there, "Don't repay evil for evil." I mean, that tells us how to react in a certain situation, um, and, and our biggest example of that is Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He, and and mm-hmm. also he says, or um, reviling for reviling. So don't don't return evil for evil. Don't do the payback thing, right? Don't be like, "Oh, well, I'm going to get you back." Um, and then his answer to one of the reasons why he quotes from Psalm, uh, what is that? I had that written down. I lost it. Um, Psalm thirty-four, and. and and he, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Now, doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to live to be, uh, you know, 100 years old or even 80, because yeah. we don't know. We're not promised that. I think his point here is that if you would like to see that, it's a good idea to do what's right. Right. And I think that's that's what we see here. Is is. How the expectation is number one. If we're mistreated, we are we don't mistreat people mistreat people mistreat people back in return, and um, we we do what the psalmist said, right? We we basically uh, turn away from evil and do good. I mean, that's a pretty s- simple statement there. Um,
0: I think all that whole that um, not quote um, but. What, the passage out of Psalms there yeah. is well, such good. It, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was looking for another word, and it didn't come to me. But I just think all of that's so simple, but it's such good advice. And I think of that, so many Psalms, but especially the book of Proverbs being about wisdom, Like the Bible just puts things so simply, but it's so mm-hmm. applicable no matter mm-hmm. how old you are, no matter what generation it is, no matter what year it is, it's all applicable and so simple yeah. that like children can understand it, and it's just such good life advice. Yep. And yeah, yeah
2: and yeah
0: no i agree and i think ren did you have something there
2: uh no we can you can go well on.
1: i was just going to say there he he kind of continues and talks about um even if you should suffer for righteousness there in verse 14 you will be blessed so he's not saying that you're not going to i mean and i think we can see in various passages that if Christ was gonna, if Christ suffered, then had, the expectation mm-hmm. is his followers will suffer in some yeah. shape or fashion, right? We see that in the apostles, ex- save John. I mean, he was exiled, but he didn't die a what I would call a, cool. a, a gruesome or right. cruel death, where the rest of them went to their death proclaiming him. But. Um, Then he jumps into the aspect of always, and we use this passage, always be able to give a defense Mm -hmm. when asked. And I think if you look in the broader context, it's about persecution, right? Someone Mm -hmm. asking you, why do you believe in this? We always talk about it. Maybe it's a work conversation, but I think it's a little different. It applies there, but this context here is more broad. Are you willing to say... Yeah. it's kind of that revelations 210 thing right, right? it's like are you willing like, to go like to, to imagine your imagine
2: de- being brought before a bunch of people and they're trying to get you to admit to deny Christ or yeah yeah I will either admit, way right? yeah or deny Christ to re- to like turn your back on him and they're asking why do you still confess him you got to be ready to give that answer <laughs> mm-hmm. well I think
0: it's so Important to remember the early part of Acts, too, when Peter was going through all of that. You know, he's being drug off to prison and beaten and everything else for the first half of Acts. And then, you know, years later, he writes this account and gives the advice that, you know, he... Had to do then, because, I mean, we've all heard the passage in Acts, you know, when they're questioned, you know, and told not to speak of Jesus ever again, and they say we ought to obey God rather than right. than men. So, you know, clearly they were ready to give a defense, and then after they went through all that persecution, they rejoiced about it, yeah, which is the exact thing we mentioned yeah. last
1: time. is Because earlier exactly. in the book, he talked about you're, you, you are yeah. basically, consider, not to quote James, but in the same manner, consider joy when you... And he went through that, right? And he gives the writing. same
0: comparison here, too, to Christ, like saying, here's the reason that you do, yeah, because who right. left us an example to do it? Exactly, right. yep.
1: Um, so here he's talking about, you know, giving—while the application is there, again, that you should be able to give someone the reason why you believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, why do you, what? what's the hope that's in you, and why do you have that? But in this context, as Ren pointed out, imagine setting there— someone trying to get you to deny it and you're not willing to. Um and, and um but his his also said your your answer needs to be done what? Again, it's with that gentleness That's and respect, which is that behavior of Christ when he's before Pilate, when he's before mm-hmm. all of those trials. How did he yeah. answer? when he did answer, right. it was very you have said what you said yeah. and, and you know my kingdom is not of this world. It wasn't very um, what I would say in an angry tone. It was very whatever. Yep. But, mm-hmm. um, And then 18 through the rest of the chapter, the example Christ also suffered, and he talks about him suffering once. We can see that in Hebrews. The sacrifice mm-hmm. was once for all. Um, then he talks about him. Um, this is uh, verses 18 through, or 19 uh, through 20, people can misconstrue, I think, very easily where it talks about he... He uh, preached to the spirits in prison. Um, I think that the point there is that the spirits were in the hadian realm at this point when Peter was writing it, um, not necessarily when Christ proclaimed it. And keep in mind, Ephesians chapter two, verse seventeen, Paul says that he came to preach to you to the those at Ephesus. And Christ didn't really come preach to them; he was preached right. via by Paul. And then likewise, if we see here in verse 20, he talks about really these people disobeyed when Noah preached to them. And I think that's what he's talking about here. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily that Christ actually did the preaching.
2: Right. And I know a lot of people have that idea that after Christ, I guess, I, if I remember correctly, the idea is that whenever he died, those three days before he was resurrected again, that's when he went and preached yeah. to these people. and. Uh, but as you're mentioning, I agree with what you're saying there. I think this is really referencing him going in the spirit, if you will, and preaching through Noah mm-hmm. to these people. Because as you mentioned, there were times where things are ascribed to Christ that he might not have personally done. John 4 is another example of that because it states that Christ, that Jesus was baptizing more disciples than John, but in verse 2 it says, though, he didn't, he didn't but actually, his disciples right. did. And so Christ, of course, he is the word, John one and verse one. So anytime really the word of God is being delivered to someone, Christ is a active. part of it. Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Maybe we do a podcast on the word inspiration at some point. But sure. Yeah. Um
1: I think the other then then he uh for sake of time, we're gonna jump into the fact that he ties that ark to baptism and that the baptism yeah. the, the ark saved them um from the water and in likewise water water saved them but and likewise water now saves you or baptism which corresponds to this now saves you and this is the one it's not the removal of the filth of the flesh but as a appeal for a clear conscience or a good conscience to god um so this is a verse that i just it clearly says what baptism is a component of salvation yep um and tells us where Christ is at now. He's at the right, right hand of God. All right, jumping into ver- chapter four, um, you know, he, he, again, it's talking about Christ suffered in the flesh. We ha- we live in the flesh. Um, I think that the expectation is that, and this is a, a verse in here, Ren, that you refer to about that your past your the, your past life yeah. I- is of um, what's the term? Um, sufficient. It's here, yeah, sufficient yeah. like. He's not praising them for no. have sinning in the past. He's like, you've done, yeah, of it. you've done enough Yeah, you've done enough. You don't need to go do it anymore. Right. You need to have a change of heart. We see that in um, in uh, verse, uh, what is that, four? Yeah, three. Mm. Um, and then he talks about, he lists, and this is the one that, that we talked about in our alcohol drinking parties was yeah. listed there. And, um, and he said that don't be surprised. Uh, I actually said with respect to this, that they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery. And they malign you. So the point is, they're going to see you not doing it anymore, yeah. and they're going to what?
2: They're going to ridicule you. Ridicule you, mock probably you. mock you, probably
1: yeah. make fun of you, persecute yep. you even, yep. made possibly. And that's where we get into this whole... Um, we're going to see here at the end of chapter 4, suffering as a Christian, and I think it all ties together. Mm-hmm. Um, anything on in nope. the first six verses? Go ahead. Nope. No. Um, we see there that... Um, in verse 7, there the end of all things is at hand. Um, commentary I looked at, talked about this probably is in reference to the more related to what they're seeing there, the destruction of Jerusalem, Jerusalem. versus um, the second coming of Christ. Um, now, I don't... In Second Peter, he talks about the second coming of Christ and being prepared. So I think the application is there. But um, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Um, and then each has re- received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace, which goes back to what Ephesians talked about when he, you know, established teachers, preachers. Yeah. What was the purpose? To edify, edify the, the church, yeah. right? So and I think the same message is here, and we did—podcast um, number two was on verse 11, the oracles yeah. of God. So if you guys want to do that, go back two seasons ago. Uh, it's at the very beginning of the list. Um, basically, when you're doing something for God— What is the attitude we should have?
2: We should be, well, as he's talking about here uh, in verses 10 and 11, he states kind of halfway through verse 11, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. One, I think humility, because he's talking about serving others, but also doing so to glorify God.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the middle of Colossians 3 there, uh, eventually where uh, talks about whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the yeah, name of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. But it talks about, I believe, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in well, you richly. Right, yeah. And right. talks about, like the peace, talks about peace in there. Like there's a lot of different principles that kind of seem to come up here too. So,
1: yeah, and I think that the point there is, if you're going to speak for God, you better yeah. make sure you're speaking from God. Right. And I think yep. we actually use that phrase in in the first. And yeah, maybe, maybe I'm so. making that up, but in
2: oracles, when you read the word oracles. Think like revelation, because that's basically what that word means. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to, like you're saying, whoever speaks, make sure you're speaking from the revelation yeah. of God.
1: Yep. Um, and then he jumps in verses 12 through 19. He's talking about the, the persecution. Um, he says there, don't be surprised that the, tri- the fiery trial, when it comes upon you to test you, as those as though something strange were happening to you. And it kind of correlates back to what we said there in chapter 3 about Mm -hmm. being ready to give a defense or being ready to to stand strong and explain why you have that hope. Fiery trial, I think, is there because a lot of times that's what they saw was fire, right? And, And
2: it also, I think, circles back to the beginning of the book where he talks about the testing of our genuineness is more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire. And you think about – you. Te- I think we talked about this in, in that that episode. But when you're – when they test metals and they melt it down, it – The impurities. Pure, you know, yeah, all the impurities. I think mm-hmm. – did we talk about this or am I misremembering No, we did. This, where, I think we did, yeah. Where, like, the impurities will rise, rise to, to the, the top, top yeah. or something like that, and so they can be removed.
1: Scraped off yeah. the top, yeah. And so mm-hmm.
2: that fiery trial, those things that will – in that sense, purify us.
1: Yeah, I, I, yep. I agree. Um, and then in verse 13, we get back to the, he says to rejoice when mm-hmm. you share in the sufferings. Mm-hmm. Again, that same attitude is, going back to, Robbie, what you alluded to earlier, is that Peter is writing from personal experience. Yep. Um, yep. We think that... They got in chapter five there in Act, referring back to chapter five, this was the second time they had, or second or third time they had been beaten and told not to preach. And when they were released, what did they do? They went about rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. What? The whole church there did. Yeah, and it was just like, okay. Um, But anyway, and then he says, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. I mean, I think the point there is that. We need to remember that even if we are ridiculed, mocked, or even physically punished or beaten Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to say, because we say we're a Christian or we live a Christian life or we stand up against someone that's contrary to God, that we'll be blessed. Maybe not
0: in this life, but for sure in the afterlife. I think the verse 15 right before there, too, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. You know, a lot of people live however they want to live, and then they blame God when things mm-hmm. go bad and say, oh, why are you causing all of this suffering? Yeah. And then, well, maybe you, you live in all on yourself whack, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, And even like, you know, a busybody in other people's matters, you know, don't be nosy. Yeah. You know, a lot of especially our society as a whole. You know, everybody wants to know what's going on in everybody else's lives and sticking their nose where it doesn't belong, as we say in the South. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, again, like I mentioned several minutes ago, a simple life where you mind your own business and sit on the porch and drink coffee is what we should all want to yes. do. Me, so, <laughs> and I think the key, to, the key
1: verse to me in verse is verse 19: "Is let those uh, who suffer yes. according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good." Yep trust that you're going to be rewarded right right yes sir anything else on four nope. all right well we'll jump into chapter five and i think this is interesting because peter starts out exhorting the elders um And he claims that he's a fellow elder, which tells me a couple things. Uh, Trivia day here. We already knew Peter was married, right, because we knew about his His mother-in-law. But I think, based on the qualifications we see Paul giving to to Timothy, that he would have had believing children. Um, We don't know who they are, but I think that that conclusion can be made. Um, I've stumped a few preachers with that question, Ren. Did Peter have children? Yeah, just... To asking oh, that yeah. question out of the blue because they don't immediately go to this oh, passage yeah. and i'm yeah. like what about and they're like oh yeah. yeah so anyway um but anyway he's exhorting the elders a couple things shepherd the flock that is among you so telling them again what they're supposed to do but he gives mm-hmm. them some i guess some guidelines um number one um you are supposed to exercise oversight right so yeah. you're supposed to know what's going on um and keep it kind of under control but i think um, the key thing they're not under compulsion you know you're not supposed to uh, some versions say lord it over them so while they are in a position of authority it's not a, a tyrannical right. type of,
0: of government I would say yeah shouldn't become me monsters yeah. as I call it
2: right and also think that phrase the shepherd the flock that is among you is important because they're we a talk part about of it. yeah they're a part of it for one and what I mean with any shepherd he's always among his sheep and elders have to spend time being around their people because if not mm-hmm. how like you, you just pointed out outside, how can you know yeah. what they're going through what they need spiritually if there's any corrections that need to be made if there's anybody that is discouraged that needs encouragement if you're not among them how could you ever know that and and you really couldn't but that also goes in I think it plays into what we often call the 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 fact that churches are autonomous instead of having like one central Mm -hmm. govern, governing body that dictates what every congregation does. We have these elders who lead that particular congregation. And I think again, that's part of the wisdom of God because if there were just some central located governing body that makes those decisions for the church, they wouldn't know what those congregations needed and what would be best for those churches. And so there's a lot of, a lot of good points that we can bring. Yeah. In. Those two, definitely. Three and I think
1: there's a couple things, you know, um, they're supposed to be eager to serve. Uh, it says not for shameful gain. So there might've been people yeah. that were taking advantage of the situation. I think, I think there's scripture that backs the, the financial support of elders. Um, yeah. first Timothy so, five says okay. they're
2: do- worthy of double honor.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. I think that his point is that's not why you should be doing it. Right. Yeah. And, um, then, he talk, then also not domineering, so going back to that tyrannical thing, but be an example. So practice what you preach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, and then he says, likewise, there's that term again. And he said, now you who are younger. So he turns to the young folks, and he says, be in subjection to the elder. So uh, a couple of opinions. Could he be talking about just respecting elders in general? But the context kind of, I think, while he's coming out of the, the talk of the eldership, it's probably, you know, just being in subjection to them. Now, everyone's supposed to be in subjection to them, but in this case, he's calling out those that are younger, maybe not, you know, 20s, but anyone that's younger than the elders, but...
0: How many times throughout this book, but even the New Testament as a whole, but especially in First Peter, has he brought up like the word submissiveness, humility, meekness, mm-hmm. yes. like yeah. it's just mm-hmm. common thing, government, husbands and wives, younger to older, elders, while you're being persecuted, yep. yeah, like all these different things. So clearly it's pretty important to <laughs> be meek and humble. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so then I'm going to drop down to verses 6 through basically, I'm going to say... Ten, I guess. Um, basically, gives us the attitude, and he gives us a song, Humble Yourselves in the Side of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, Humble Yourselves in the so, Sight of the yeah, Lord. Yeah, and it's hard not... That's another one that I find hard not to say without singing it, but... Uh, What's going to happen if you do that? You'll be exalted, right? And He will lift you up. It, right. m- it says at the proper time. Yeah. So that again, God's timeline, which you would see later in Second Peter, is God's timeline and may not be when right. we expect it.
2: Well, and also the fact that He, God, is going to be the one that, that exalts us. Mm-hmm. If we yes. ever have anybody that ever exalts us, I, I know would y'all would. The, I would want it yeah. to be God. I don't. Sorry, I love you guys, yeah. but I don't care what y'all say about me. I would wow. want God. <laughs> Too exalted.
1: I think it's all about the attitude and humility goes right along with that subjection point you just brought up, Mm -hmm. Robbie. Just another point there. And then he says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Um, You know, there are things that we worry about that that we have no control over, and we just have to be willing to hand that over. It's hard at times, and it's not, I will admit, it's not easy. And, um, but that's things we got to work through. I think verses eight, um, And nine talking about um, the devil. We see him. The first of all, we're told to be watchful. You know, be ready at all times, and that harkens back to chapter one. Girding Robbie's. I listened to the podcast today, and yeah, Robbie's (laughs) favorite line: "Girding the loins of your mind, preparing your mind for the daily action." Right, and you're going to go out, and here because it says, "What's the devil doing?" He's prowling like a roaring lion, and we always talk about, you know, on nature shows, who does the lion go after?
2: The Slowest, weakest. The slowest, one. the weakest, the injured. The one that's off by itself.
1: Yeah. And, and not um yeah, good point. Not amongst the herd. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as Christians, when we start to deviate away from our Christian family and we get weaker yeah. and, and 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 injured spiritually, that's when he pounces and, and that's we get what, proud. Yeah, that yep. too, as well. Yeah. Um now I find it interesting he's going to devour you. I mean, he's ready to just really, you know, but anyway and, and verse 9 gives us the answer resist him you know resist mm-hmm. the devil stand firm in your faith knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood by the brotherhood so i think that's another example of just realizing that you're not the only one yeah. which paul has said multiple times in mm-hmm. different letters um but anyway anything on those verses
2: well i think that realizing that you're not the only one is a great point because I don't know if it's human nature or what, but we always seem to think that we have it worse than everybody else. No matter what it it is, is. we think that we're having it harder than anybody else has ever had it. And that's just simply not true. And if we can learn to accept that fact and realize, well, there are people, first of all, there are people who actually do have it worse than us, especially when we're thinking about, you know, in today's day and age, what the persecution that we have to go through right. is nothing, nothing first compared, of all, compared yeah. to what they went through, but even to what other people in other parts other of the world yeah. have mm-hmm. to go through. Mm-hmm. And so, realizing that, I think, I mean, it's a source of encouragement knowing, you know, I, I'm not the worst off. There are other people that are going through this, and there are other people that have endured it and having that encouragement and that strength to keep going
1: yeah and i think he in verse 10 he tells us that if we keep going yeah um and he says suffered suffered a little while i think the grand scheme of things a little a year is a little while in the grand scheme of things right so i don't think Mm -hmm. we can draw too much attention to the his little time it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean like it's gonna be two weeks or whatever but the point is if you're willing to what what's going to happen you're going to be rewarded in the end but also christ is going to restore confirm and strengthen and establish Mm -hmm. you and going back to your point if anybody's going to exalt us you would want us to be god and if anyone is going to do these to us restore confirm strengthen, and establish we'd want it to be christ right Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he has all authority everything's been subjected under him um and then verse 11 to him be the dominion forever and ever amen Anything on those verses? It's all um, about the reward. Yeah, exactly. It's and Not about the suffering. It's about the end game. That's yeah, true. And then the rest of this is just his uh, Sil- uh, Silas or Sylvanus. Um, Thanks to these guys. Peace out, brothers and yeah, sisters. Yeah, it's yes. just the um, the closing. Um, peace to all you are who are in Christ, and, and I think that is a. A message we can send to, to our listeners too, right? Is that we, you know, peace to all you who are in Christ, because you have what we just talked about. You have that, as Robbie said, the reward um, that we will get when, when the time comes. So, yep. Yeah. Anything else on that? No, Robbie. And that's it. No. So, um, thanks again for listening and tuning in for Book Report on First Peter. Um, we'll be back next week with, I'm not sure yet. I don't think we've decided, but um,
2: that's an odd podcast title.
1: It. it well, okay. Um, but we'll anyway, by next week. yeah, we'll decide. We'll just, we'll have something out for you. Um, but anyway, again, email us at the conclusion of matter at com or Facebook messages, or if you know us personally, send us a text or give us a call. We got a couple on the docket from people that have texted or talked to us in person. So um, for now, Uh, i think we have for first peter we have reached the conclusion conclusion of of the matter. matter